Hey everybody, this isn't the usual voice that you hear to open up our podcast, but we're going to do a little bit something different today. I'm Chris Cartman, uh, Sun Devil Source Report podcast is typically what you hear in this space. On Tuesdays is when we normally drop, but we're recording in transit on our way back from Arizona State's 38-35 win over USC at the Los Angeles Coliseum. I'm joined by our staff reporters, Jack Harris. Jack, how you doing? Doing great. Just enjoying the car ride. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? Rob Warner. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great. I had a nice little nap about an hour and a half ago, feeling uh, ready to do this. So normally, of course, Rob is the host in this space, but I kind of sprung it on these guys at the last minute. Uh, I said, hey, guys, let's record a podcast just because uh, the, the Pac-12 South seems tighter than ever. Um, or at least really tight going into the last uh, third of the season. Uh, of course, this has probably happened uh, a time or two before since the league expanded to 12 teams. But, but um, the ASU win over USC coupled with uh, a couple of the other events in the league have sort of set up a really big final four or five week finish uh, that we're going to be coming upon in the next, uh, in the next month or so. Starting, of course, with the ASU game against Utah. That's going to be uh, a huge game now at this point, right? Um, so first thing we're going to do, though, is we're going to go over what the current conference standings are. So can you give me the breakdown on that? Yeah, right now I will give you the current standings. This is after Week 9 college college football, Pac-12. We'll start with the Pac-12 North. Washington State in first place, 7-1 overall, 4-1 in conference play. Washington after losing to Cal, and we'll get into all the scores and all the, the breakdowns of how the games went after I do the standings. Washington 6-3, and 4-2, just behind Washington State. Stanford behind Washington at 5-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in conference play. Oregon, the same, 5-3 and three overall, but 2-3 and three in conference play, tied with Cal at 2-3 and three in conference play. Cal, as well, is 5-3. and three. And then Oregon State, the bottom dwellers of the Pac-12 North, 2-6 and six overall, 1-4 and four in the conference. And then in the Pac-12 South, Utah is leading things up with 6-2 overall, 4-2 in conference play. And then you got two teams, 3-3 three three in conference play. That's Arizona and USC. But Arizona, 4-5 overall. USC, 4-4 four four overall. Colorado, who was first in the Pac-12 South just a week ago, tied with USC for the lead in the, in the Pac-12 South. After dropping again to Oregon State, they're 5-3 overall, 2-3 in the conference. They're tied uh, for UCLA. In conference record, UCLA also two and three, two and six overall, and then Arizona State still currently in last at four and four overall, two and three in conference play, but tied with Colorado and UCLA in conference play, and it just sets up a whole lot. And getting into how teams did in the Pac-12 in Week Nine, number twenty-three Utah handily defeated UCLA forty-one and ten. That was a Friday night game. Number 19, Oregon and Arizona got, got smoked 44 to 15. Number 13, Washington State over number 24, Stanford 41 to 38 in a very close game in Palo Alto, in which Stanford was actually favored in that game. Colorado at home was leading 31 to 3 over Oregon State in the third quarter and ended up losing 41 to 34 in overtime. Number 15, Washington fell to Cal and Berkeley 12 to 10 as Chris Peterson benched Jake Browning. ASU wins at USC 38-35, setting up all this, this Pac-12 South drama that we're, gonna bet, that we're about to get into. So basically you have Utah appearing to be in the driver's seat, but Utah's schedule is tougher, and that's something we've been sort of 
forecasting in recent weeks just the, the, the difficulty of the schedule that the Utes have uh, in contrast to a USC, for example, or an Arizona. Um, and, and all three of those teams plus ASU are still in it this race. You can't even really necessarily totally rule out Colorado uh, or UCLA at this point. Uh, but it, certainly it, it's very clear from, from what Rob just presented everybody there that this game against Utah for the Sun Devils is huge. The Sun Devils win. Uh, they're tied with Utah in the standings, but they have uh, the edge in a tiebreaker scenario. That's a head-to-head -head scenario. Um, I think what we should do now is we should just go over what each team's remaining schedule is before we talk about what we think are the most likely scenarios for these teams. Yeah, um, and I think like when you look at Utah first, uh, they, they come to Tempe this week, and they have Oregon at home, which is kind of a crapshoot just because of how up and down Oregon's been. And then they finish their conference schedule at Colorado, and then they have BYU in a non-conference game at the end of the year. Uh, so no gimmies in that stretch, even though they have a couple teams at, at the end of that that are that are down recently. Um, USC, after this loss against uh, ASU, like you mentioned, Chris, they're a little bit easier. They're at Oregon State. Um, they're home to Cal. They're at UCLA. You figure they could probably win all three of those. And basically, I think what that means is, like, you know, you're, you're probably looking at, like, line like three losses uh, in the conference could be kind of the you know the, the minimum for whoever wins the Pac-12 South. Uh, Arizona they're kind of back into things now after beating Oregon um, or at least they're not out of things despite how up and down they've been all year. They have Colorado at home this week and what's going to be a pretty big game on a Friday night in Tucson. Then they have a bye week then they're at Washington State and then the Territorial Cup game at the end of the year so they probably have one of the tougher schedules of the rest of the way. Colorado, after they go to Tucson this week, they play Washington State at home. They have Utah at home, and they're at Cal. So that's a team that probably controls its own destiny a little bit, too, with all the, the, the South matchups it has. Uh, you know, as you know, ASU, they have Utah, then they're home against UCLA, then they finish back-to-back -back road games at Oregon and at Arizona. And then UCLA, they're at Oregon this week. They come to Tempe in a couple weeks, and they have USC at home, Stanford at home. So that's a tough stretch for them. Um, but just reading those games, it's like 20 different possibilities just right off the bat with how many different ways this division can kind of play out. And it's very interesting because after ASU lost to Stanford last Thursday, the mood was kind of like the Sun Devils probably aren't going to get back in the Pac-12 South race. It just didn't seem like there was a, a clear route there. Unless they be USC. Yeah, well, now they be <laughs> USC. You know, Utah's been playing really well, but I don't think anybody is going to say that it's, you know, overwhelmingly unlikely that ASU could knock off Utah at home. Like, it's, it's you know, a reasonable thing that could happen, especially after last week's game for, for ASU, or this yesterday's game defeating the Trojans. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of how the Pac-12 South has happened a couple years now. There's been a couple three-loss uh, champions in this division's history. It seems like it's always really wide open. It rarely seems like there's one really elite team that plays well and, and you get into... Never an undefeated team. Never yeah, an undefeated exactly. team, only once a one-loss team. And you get into to November a lot of years with meaningful games to play. The interesting thing for ASU is last year they lost to USC this exact same week, that last game of October. That, that pretty much put a seal on ASU's Pac-12 South hopes. They beat USC this year. It might be unlikely, but they still have something to play for in November. So... ASU is a seven-point underdog in the recently released, just within the last hour or so odds, 
What do you guys think about that line? ASU being a seven-point underdog to Utah at home, Rob? I mean, I, I think ASU should be something around that. I mean, you, you asked us about an hour ago, what would we project? I said five and a half points under. I believe Jack said something like six, six and a half. And I think you were right about at seven. So I think this is a pretty fair line to start out uh, with this game. I, I just think it, it's like Jack was saying. You just don't know how these games are going to play out. And I really think that ASU, at, at the very least, has the shot they want now to control their destiny. And, and the fact that ASU has that ability after some of the things that have transpired this season, you have to take that as a win. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the postgame show yesterday uh, in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. That's a big win for this program after suffering some of the defeats that it has this year. Four losses by seven points, a lot of close games that have gone the other way, and ASU has seemed like it has fallen out of contention in the Pac-12 altogether. That's not the case anymore. They have a chance. They have a chance to do some things that I don't think anybody would have projected Herm Edwards would have been able to do in his first year as head coach. So now let's look at each of these teams individually and try to figure out what the most likely season-ending outcomes will be. Utah. Let's go through their, their schedule one by one, and then let's say what we, what you think is the most likely outcome, and then what you think is going to happen, Jack. Yeah, so like we said, like at ASU this week, then they have Oregon at home, and they go at Colorado. That's the end of their Pac-12 slate. Um, it seems like they could win all three. It seems like there's a chance that they probably drop one within there. It seems like a likely thing to happen. Um, I don't know if they will, especially if they beat ASU. I look at this, their game in Tempe this weekend is the toughest one. Um, but even if they were, if they beat ASU, they could probably even afford to lose another game the rest of the way. Um, so if they finish with three losses, that, that kind of seems like the baseline right now. Where do you think, Rob? What's going to happen with Utah? I, I think something similar. I, I think I, I think the odds are probably that they're going to drop one of the remaining three games. I don't know exactly which game that is. I mean, Oregon's no gimme of a game, too. So I, I think there's a couple games here that, that could trip Utah up be very impressive if they won all three I, I don't see that happening I think like Jack said I, I don't know if this game at, at ASU is maybe their toughest but because I think all three of these games could potentially give them trouble but but I do think that it's the most likely they're going to lose one more game at least yeah I think there's definitely the most likely scenario is Utah loses one game out of the three pretty unlikely that they'll lose two out of the three mm -hmm. so that means that Utah's either going to end up six and three or seven and two. Yeah. Seven and two is an outright win, of course, yeah. in the Pac-12 South. A six and three is a tie with with one or more teams. We're gonna go over the tiebreakers at the end, but let's go through the other teams before we circle back to that point. Unless you have something else you wanted to add there, Jack. Oh yeah, just so I like so I look at USC now. Um, three pretty easy games the rest of the way at Oregon State, Cal at home, and then at UCLA. I almost look at them as like in golf terms, like they're the leader in the clubhouse. It doesn't seem like they're going to lose another game. They have the three losses right now, and they're kind of the, they they're going to need help. But it seems like they're the ones that are going to be least likely to lose another game the rest of the way. And so, depending on what happens, especially for the teams below them, that's where they need to get to. For so for like ASU, like what ASU needs to do is, is to get to the end of the season and be tied with USC in the Pac-12 South if they're going to have a chance to win the division. Be tied with them because then you'd have the tiebreaker. But isn't there a logical flaw in that, Jack, in that US, USC doesn't have the tiebreaker against Utah. So if USC wins out to get to 6-3, mm -hmm. Utah only loses one of its remaining three games. Yeah. 
U- Utah six and three. Utah. But- Utah's so, going to win. In terms of, like, you know, like, with USC at three losses, you, you probably know that the Pac-12 South champion is not going to have less than three losses. Like, there's a chance Utah could hit the skids. I understand. one or two games the rest of the way. But, you know, like, three losses, if you have more than that, you're probably not going to have a chance to win the division. I got it. Rob, what do you think about USC? You think they're going to win the rest of their games? I think they have the best chance to win all their remaining games. I think they – I just don't think those games are gimmies. I, I – this conference has just been very wacky so far in 2018. And with Cal's win over Washington yesterday, I still don't really think of Cal as a good football team. But they're a team with a good defense, and they're a team that at least makes you beat them. And I think that that could end up being kind of a trap game. If Cam Smith still isn't ready to go, we know Porter Gus is out for the remainder of the year. Marvell Tell, I, I don't know when he, he's going to come back, or if, if he's definitely going to be back in the next couple weeks. I just think that it's not a give-me. Uh, to say that USC can, can definitely win those three games, although I do agree with Jack that they have the best odds to win their final remaining three games. But then again, it's so crucial that they lost these games to Utah and to a, to Arizona State because if you didn't lose those games, you have a pretty good chance that, that you could outright win the Pac-12 South. I mean, okay. with, with those wins, then they would have been able to say, you know, we aren't, we aren't having these losses to these teams that are right around the same ability as us. Okay. Well, that makes sense. It also seems as though you've, you colloquialized gimme into give me in an interesting kind of a way there. Um, so, okay. So let's look at the next, the next team, Arizona, right? Arizona. Arizona, three and three in the, in the conference right now, right? Uh-huh. What's the remaining games? Let's go over that again. And then, and then what you think is likely to happen? Colorado at home on this Friday night in Tucson. And they have a bye week that they're at Washington State in the Territorial Cup game in Tucson. Okay. To me, that looks like. I mean, they've been so up and down this year. I would, I would guess that that's probably two losses. Colorado at home, ASU at home. It seems likely they would lose one of those two games, and then going to Pullman, that's going to be a really tough matchup. So, Arizona's a team with three losses. It's they, they probably have to win out the rest of the way. It seems kind of unlikely they do that. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's at least two losses there, and I mean, I don't think that's a guarantee that you get one win in those three. None of those are easy games to win. And Colorado coming at home after the loss, they just suffered to Oregon State. I would think the Buffaloes would be very ready, very motivated. We were talking off air, though, about Lavishka uh, uh, Chanel, and we, we still don't know when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back. Whether or not that happens, I still like Colorado this, this next week against Arizona. I think with the way that they just lost uh, the game to Oregon State, I, I do really think that, that they will be ready, and I do think they'll beat Arizona. And I think that the most likely is that is that Arizona loses at least two of the three. Okay, so I think we can all agree here, and probably everybody would, that going on the road to play at Pullman in November is the toughest remaining game that anybody could have in the Pac-12, right? Yeah. So, so in light of that, I think we can chalk up at least one L for Arizona the rest of the way. Good chance at two, but even one probably puts them out of the race because that makes it so that five and four is the best they could possibly do. They already lost to USC, right? So they don't even have a tiebreaker even in that scenario. So Arizona's looking like it's nearly out of this race. Never say never, but very low percentage chance, less than 5% type of a chance, okay? Let's look at Colorado because, of course, Colorado started off really hot. Beat ASU, was, seeing, was feeling really good itself, about itself, but then LaVisca Chenault got knocked out with a toe injury, and then they had a, you know, they kind of backslid there for a week. Um, where are they at? Where are they at now? 
So, I mean, that loss to Oregon State is going to hurt a lot. Yeah. It gives them that, that crucial third loss. And the rest of the way, they still have four conference games to play at Arizona, Washington State at home, Utah at home, at Cal. Those are all pretty tough toss-up type games. Even if they were to split them, which is kind of seems like a likely outcome. Yeah. That's a pretty decent outcome yeah, where they're at right now. That would knock them out. If you lose to Oregon State and then you got that four-game schedule, which is the toughest and left of anybody, you win two and two there. You've done, you're doing pretty good probably. Yeah, and even like for, for Colorado's standpoint is like they still have a game against Utah, which you could perceive as one. It's still, they're kind of like an AC with that standpoint where they have three losses, but you're going to have a chance against Utah at home to maybe make up a game. But, I mean, their problem is they just, you know, Washington State, again, it's going to be a really tough matchup. What do you think, Rob? I bet Colorado, are they out of it at this point? I don't think they're out of it, but I, I don't think they have great odds because of some things Jackson. I think that the game against Washington State can definitely give them trouble. I would expect them uh, to lose that game. I expect them to beat Arizona and stay in it until the end, but I do not expect them to win. But they play Utah also. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's another tough thing is that I, I do think there's a chance they could beat one of those two teams. I, I think Washington State's tougher. But I think Utah's right up there at, at this point. You know, not as high, but I think that Utah is somebody that could lose that game, could potentially be a little bit surprised in a game like that. But they even and they play Cal also, right? Yeah. That's not a that's not a that's not a that's not a gimme game. No. I, so my my view on this is I think out of Arizona and Colorado, whoever wins that game probably ends up with four conference losses. Whoever loses it probably ends up with five. But Again, one of them would have to get really hot down the stretch to stay in the pack post South. And when you just lost Oregon State, yeah, you're just, you're not going to win. You're just not going to win the South. Point, yeah. I'm sorry, your your odds are, are no better than Arizona if you're Colorado at this point. I mean, you 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 did it to yourself, Colorado. Okay, the last team is UCLA that we haven't talked about, of course, in the South. UCLA got off to an abysmal start, has uh, fared better in in, in in some games in recent weeks, but it's not been consistent. Where, where are the Bruins at and what's left? So they got at Oregon, at Arizona State in a couple weeks, home against USC, home against Stanford. Those are all games where they're going to be underdogs in it for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so maybe they could sneak one out, but they could easily end up with three or four more losses the rest of the way. I don't know that they're ready for the for USC's and Stanford's style-wise. Well, Rob, do you think that UCLA could do something crazy? And no. It, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. I think they're losing all. Four so that's a no, then, right? Yeah. I think okay. They're losing all four of those games. Wow. UCLA, the team that they look best against this year, with the, the two teams they look best against, were Cal. I still don't think Cal's a good football team, although Cal has a, a pretty good defense. It did not show up when it played UCLA. Cal at home lost 37-7 to UCLA. UCLA barely lost to Arizona. Arizona's been an up-and-down football team this entire season. I don't think this is a good football team. I think that you're definitely looking at a UCLA team that will drop the next four games, and I think you can put that one in the books. Okay, so I saved ASU for last, of course. It makes sense. Wanted to set the stage for for, uh, for where ASU's chances are uh, winning the South by going over all the other teams first. 
Uh, ASU, of course, is three and three in the Pac-12. This big game against Utah, we've always we've already talked about uh, that coming up. Of course, ASU also has UCLA at home, Oregon on the road, Arizona and Tucson. That's the remainder of its schedule. Jack, what do you think the most likely outcome is in this stretch for ASU and overall? As long as Colorado doesn't win out, ASU would legitimately control its own destiny in the Pac-12. And I think it just—you don't know how a team's going to react to that, especially because, like Oregon, you know, they haven't looked great, especially the last couple weeks. So I think the chances there. I think this game this week might be their toughest matchup against a physical team that runs the ball well and does some of the things ASU struggled against. Um, personally, I look at ASU as probably having the third best odds to win the division in the Pac-12 South. I think Utah's at the top then USC, then ASU, then Colorado. Um, they have to win this game, though. How do you see this, Rob? Just four games left. Break down your perspective on this final third of the season. I think I have a pretty similar perspective as Jack does in this. I think most likely it's a 2-2 two and two finish. But I, I, at the same time, I have this gut feeling that Arizona State's going to have a chance to win one of these next two, one of the two tough games. And by tough games, I mean the game at home against Utah, in which Utah's been initially favored to win by seven But that wouldn't that wouldn't help them as much nearly right, as much in the Pac-12 South. South. That wouldn't help yeah. them as much in the Pac-12 South, and that's why this game is obviously much more important. I, I do think that ASU is going to have a chance in this game, and I think this is a really interesting test because you have an ASU team that you can make an argument that this is the first game they've really shown a balance that Herm Edwards has been talking about. You saw what Eno Benjamin could do on the ground: 29 carries, 192 yards, two touchdowns. You saw Kill Harry have the huge impact that he's capable of having four catches, 95 yards, a 44-yard touchdown through the air, a 92-yard punt return touchdown. Special teams got involved with, with Harry's touchdown return. Michael Sleep Dalton had a few really good punts to pin USC back deep. The, the defense had really good spurts, uh, although they gave, up, they gave up 21 points within about a six-minute span. I think, I think ASU could, you could make a very good argument that ASU could be clicking at the right time, and if that is possible and if that is true and if ASU could defeat Utah I think you're looking at a completely different situation in that case if ASU does defeat Utah this next week I think that ASU has a pretty good chance to run the table win the next three games and have a chance to win the Pac-12 South okay so this brings me to my last question which is what do you think ASU's final record is going to be in the Pac-12 South and and what do you think is going to happen overall in this thing? How would you handicap what the South is going to look like at the end of the day? I, I, right now, and we haven't really dug into the prep work research for Saturday's game yet. But I think right now, if I, if I had to choose, I think Utah probably wins this game against ASU and probably runs the table. I think they've, they've found the, you know, the balance in offense, running the ball with quarterback play course their defense where they're playing at a level right now that no other Pac-12 team is quite at so I like them to run the table win the division I think USC wins their last three games 
I think ASU finishes two and two the rest of the way. Um, so I think like for ASU, they'll, they'll probably either finish third or fourth, depending on how Colorado and Arizona, how all that plays out. Um, okay. But that's kind of how I see it. Earlier I said ASU was three and three in the league. So that was my mistake. Just misspoke. ASU, of course, two and three currently in the Pac-12 South. Four games left. Rob, what do you think ASU's final record is going to be? And where do you think that's going to slot it in the South? Who do you think wins the South? Right. Uh, from this perspective, I still think the Utah is the best odds. I would project them at this point to still win the Pac-12 South. Um, although this game is going to be everything for Arizona State in, in its final couple games. Because if, if ASU loses this game, it doesn't really matter what they do after that, in my opinion. Because after that, they're out of Pac-12 South contention. Um, so I think ASU really needs to beat Utah this week to have a chance of that. I don't know if I see that happening. That's just a lot to ask of a pretty young Arizona State team that's been very up and down. I mean, just frankly, they haven't shown much much of the performances that they had against USC, and we've talked about it just to ourselves in the hotel and on, on the way back to Arizona. There were a lot of plays in that game that if they don't go Arizona State's, uh, Arizona State's way, you can make a really good argument that, that USC beats ASU pretty comfortably in that game. So I, I have ASU uh, winning two more games, losing two more games, and I have them finishing third or fourth right around there, and I have Utah winning the conference. Okay, so before I weigh in and, and, uh, with my kind of final perspective and, and wrap this thing up, we want to go over for everybody the Pac-12 tiebreaker rules, okay? So let's say that there's a two-way tie between ASU and Utah, ASU and USC, or, or maybe it's USC and Utah. What or maybe there's a three-way tie between ASU, USC, and Utah, or some other scenario. What Walk us through just kind of what the breakers are for some of these so things. For, for a two-team tie, it's just head-to-head -head in the division who won the game. Three-team tie, it's the head-to-head -head among the three teams, or four teams, however many teams it is. If that record is tied, so like in a three-team scenario, if all three teams are one and one, um, then it, it looks at the record in well, first for First, it's the record in between the three of them. Yes. yes. Okay. So if, if all those are equal, then it goes to the record in interdivisional games against, you know, so if... The other teams. Yes, yeah. So you had a... In, in the division. So two, if you're three teams tied at the top of the Pac-12 South, and they're all... Who has the best record against the rest of them. Yes. And then the fourth tiebreaker is who... What their records are against the next highest place team in the conference. So if, the, if there's like a three-way tie at the top, it's who did best against the fourth place team. That's all tied against the fifth place team. And then if they have to go beyond that, um, there is a thing called the Sports Source Analytics Poll that wow. we looked at. So wow, you're going really... But I'm not even that... Do you think Larry Scott even knows about that? <laughs> I don't know. If he did, do you think he'd tell the truth about it? <laughs> I don't know. So look... Um, I agree. ASU's most likely record the rest of the way is two and two. That would make it four and five in the Pac-12. Of course, that's not going to do it in this in the South. Uh, five and four is not even going to do it in the in the Pac-12 South, unless USC has some sort of catastrophe and Utah really struggles against a difficult schedule down the stretch, and then there's some kind of a multi-way tie. ASU's odds plummet. With a loss to Utah, really this should be viewed as a must-win game. I'm sure that the Sun Devils will view it as a must-win game. If by chance ASU does win this game, and, and certainly they have a decent chance of winning this game, uh, then all of a sudden ASU controls its destiny because ASU would have a record that's um, 
at least equivalent to USC, having already beaten USC, right? Uh, and and even though ASU schedule is difficult, more difficult than USC, uh, Utah also has a difficult schedule. So we'll see. Uh, um, uh, this is why we say that if you if you win and you keep winning, um, you the games magnify in terms of the importance of them as you kind of get into that 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 end uh, portion of the of the schedule. So. Um, we're going to be here covering all of it, of course, really thoroughly. We'll have our normal podcast on Tuesday. We're not here covering it because we're in the middle of the desert. We're in the middle of nowhere. And there's a semi-truck that's been turned over on its side. So Right now. Yeah, so that, that, that could be what ASU does to the Pac-12 South race if it beats Utah. <laughs> uh, well Chris done. Carbon for you, everybody. Uh, on uh, analogies, he'll be here all week. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, no, but we're going to be really, really diving into this game with as much perspective as we possibly can. We'll have the first look on on Utah to get you ready for that. Uh, we'll have a lot of in-depth uh, perspective on, on the Utes and how the Sun Devils are coming into this game. And we're looking forward to doing that. So, uh, Quick note, I mean, great job, Chris, for driving and hosting this podcast. He's changing lanes. He's stopping. He's pulling over so he can get batteries out so we can do this. Uh, this was not the easiest podcast we've ever recorded, but uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. I didn't even flip the 18-wheeler over on its side, you know? <laughs> so we're good. We're good. But uh, I appreciate all the listeners. And um, this was this was sort of an off-the-cuff, we'll call it, the unfiltered version of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm Chris Cartman. For Jack Harris and Rob Warner, thanks for being with us. <laughs> <laughs>